0: Welcome to the
1: Andrea K show. She's blonde, 5 foot 2 and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is. Andrea K.
2: and welcome to tonight's Andrea and K. Show. It is Hump Day. woo Hump Day! Yeah, 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 it's Hump Day. Are we getting over the hump finally? We should be. We should be well over that curve. In fact, that curve was so flattened so long ago, they're doing everything they can to try to hype up the numbers and lie about the numbers and include everything they can in the numbers in case count. And they're twisting themselves more, more and more and more into a pretzel to try to continue to fearmonger to drag this thing out trying to sweep as much as they can. they're, They're trying to create humps anywhere they can. And we've got all that to talk about tonight. President Trump did another presser. Actually, he did two pressers today. Two pressers. We're going to talk about both of it today because we got to talk about Operation Legend and whether or not Operation Legend is going to counter or defeat Operation Anarchy that's going on out there. And Operation Anarchy, by the way, includes not just the writers in the Black Lives Matter movement. No, it does not. It also includes... Operation Anarchy and chaos that's happening at our states with the phony exploitation. The virus is real, but the crisis, the catastrophe has absolutely been overblown for power. And we're gonna talk about all of that tonight. We've got a special guest with us tonight, John Lott. I've talked about John Lott before. Primarily I've used his numbers in the past when talking about immigration laws and the crime associated with member the angel families that President Trump brought to the forefront. Uh, Because you guys remember that back in 2015 to 2016, his campaign began with coming down the escalators and addressing the crimes that were happening en masse from MS-13, as well as uh, individuals like Kate Steinle's murder and others, Marianne Mendoza, who we've had on the show. So you've heard me quote John Lott and his numbers and his investigations uh, regarding he's a crime expert. Uh, in the past, I've quoted him as it relates to immigration crimes and numbers. If you Google him, you will see a whole bunch of anti-John Lott stuff, which tells you that it's a good thing he's coming on the show tonight to talk about the defund the police movement, Operation Anarchy, and Trump's counter Operation Legend. So he's going to be here tonight. Um, you guys are with me every night of the week from 6 to 7 p.m. Whether you're watching on Facebook Live right now at The Answer San Diego, commenting on Twitter and Instagram, and now Parlor at Andrea K. Show, or whether you're calling in 888- Three four 344 1170 You're also, many of you that are watching right now are also friends and, and are part of our special little private Facebook group called K-A-N-I-A-C-S. Glad to have you guys with me. You are my family, as well as this guy, my brother in arms. Every night of the week, it's DJ Potato Skins.
0: We have a gentleman. I view it this way. Anything that potentially can help, and that certainly can potentially help, is a good thing. <laughs> DJ Potato Skins. J. Yeah.
1: Skins. Speaking of pretzels, Andrea, that yes. reminds me that baseball opens tomorrow. The baseball season—the one thing that's going to keep me sane—and we have a very special treat at the end of the show for our listening audience regarding the opening of baseball.
2: Well, there's a, yeah, there's the baseball is reopening. Controversy surrounding that as well as, well as the NFL and uh, even the NBA. So yeah, we, we'll we we'll get to a little sports. But I remember, you know, we're wine back Wednesday. I remember a time when I just was able to just really enjoy. Sports, you know, I was an NFL fanatic for many years. Gosh,
1: that's changed, hasn't oh,
2: it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I stopped that during the kneeling, kneeling nonsense years ago um, because I because I wanted to have. You know, remember back when sports was... I'm going to save it for the end of the show. But remember back when there were some aspects of our life that were politics-free? Remember the good old days?
1: No politics, no drama. Yeah. You are just entertained and having a good time.
2: Yeah, you, whether you were sitting eating a pretzel or whether you eating some peanuts. Or, you know, for me, anything involving liquid cheese is a good thing. <laughs> so, you know, any any kind of snack I could get in with liquid cheese. We're going to talk about snacks, too. Because believe it or not, the definition of a snack versus a meal is now at play, given the dictators across this country exploiting the coronavirus. Can't we, make this stuff up. Oh, it's absolutely insane. Um, but we, we're going we're gonna to open by talking about the violence that is taking place across this country. Operation Anarchy, as we then talk about Operation Legend. Uh, that's going on. Operation Anarchy, which is the the rise of the riots and the the crime wave that we've got across this country, is born out of many things. It's it's not. This isn't really about. I tell you what. It's not. It's born out of many things. What it is not is any concern over George Floyd. Okay. I think they're probably, if we were to have an analysis done, a poll done, I would say probably two percent maybe of the people that have been out protesting actually even know who george floyd even was i mean i think initially some people on the street were about george floyd but this is really about anarchy and this is and as well as the crimes and the riots are born out of um not just the fascist marxist black lives matter movement but also that the 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 left seeking to um you know they've wanted chaos for a long time even long before the Black Lives Matter movement, there has been a desire to have chaos. There has been a desire. Remember back with, when uh, uh, Freddie Gray... Remember when the Baltimore mayor came out and said, "We got to give them, we've got to give them a place to, to the writers, a place to, uh, to do their thing." I can't remember ex- exactly how she put it. They wanted chaos. Then they have been wanting because chaos is really about division. It's really about anger. It's really about uh, f- pitting one group of Americans against the other. That's really at, at the heart of this chaos. It's about division. It's about destroying the fabric of society. And violence is one way to do it, right? What fomenting violence, because, because this violence is born out of fomenting victimhood. It's, it's born out of telling people over and over and over, you're victims. You're victimized, you're, and you're being victimized by a horrible, hate filled America. You're being victimized by a horrible uh, group of, of Americans called Republicans. You're being victimized by a horrible group of Americans called white people. And this has been going on for decades. So we've, got, so we've got this Operation Anarchy going on, which is well-coordinated and funded and part of the Black Lives Matter movement. That's what you've seen pl- play out in Portland and Seattle. And, but then we've also got pockets of this country that has had this, this scourge of violence and, and its own form of chaos and, and crime waves that have been happening for a long time, long before we even heard of Black Lives Matter, and that's Chicago. That's Chicago. And you know what? There's a reason why. The Democrat Party has wanted chaos. They've wanted violence. And they've done everything they could to, to not implement things that would stop it. In fact, they've done everything that they could to come up with ways in order to keep it going, like defunding the police, like, like not dealing with the cultural issues. In fact, feeding the cultural issues that are behind what's going on with this, these, these, this black-on-black crime in these communities. They're not wanting to deal with it. They're not wanting to solve the problem. I, the, and then you look at the spike of what's been going on. And you add in the economic destruction. Talk about a way to foment chaos. Talk about a way to, to fire people up and, and leave them with no hope. Leave them angry. Leave them frustrated. You, you feed them. You, you, you tell them for decades That they're less than. Tell them for decades they have no hope. Tell them for decades they've been victimized. Destroy the family. Destroy every aspect of their culture. And then destroy what little bit of economic hope that they've had left thanks to President Trump. And of course you've got violence. You've got spiking in the street. But that's only one area of violence we've got in this country. And I think President Trump did a brilliant job. I'm going to get John Lott's opinion on this in a moment. But I thought he did a brilliant job today with laying out with the help of even that Christopher Ray, but with the Department of Justice. Wolf, the acting director of Department of Homeland Security, coming out and laying out Operation Legend named after a four year old boy who was killed in his bed. He didn't die immediately, but he was shot while he was asleep in his bed. Four years old. Democrats don't care about that. They haven't cared about what's going on in Chicago. President Trump did a brilliant job today with, with Bill Barr in laying out the need for the federal government, the responsibility on behalf of the federal government to step in and protect the lives of the American citizens out there, and that there is a constitutional basis for it. In fact, A.G. Barr went on to explain the history of the federal government getting involved going back to 1972. I loved how he brought the families before and, brought and put faces to these crimes and what's going on. But I also think that President Trump needs to do, and, and the left is saying, oh, how dare Trump send in the federal government? How dare he get involved with the state's rights? These are the same people screaming and blaming him for every death across the nation, putting him completely responsible of everything that's happening in the states related to coronavirus. So what I would say to President Trump is what these dictators are doing at the state level. With their draconian shutdowns, their intentional, in, what they've done economically to citizens in their states is just another act of violence. It's feeding what's going on in these communities. You can't separate the two. One is more easily to see because it's it's an overt act of violence with the shooting of a gun or with somebody at at a riot taking a two by four and hitting a cop or a business owner across the head. But don't you think it's virtual violence when you do the same thing, when you when you take a two by four against business owners by taking their jobs away from them, by shutting down their businesses? And Trump needs to do what he did today with Operation Legend. He needs to do the same type of federal intervention at the state level to get these businesses and get this economy back up and and going. Because the violence that's being inflicted upon the American people emotionally, mentally, physically, financially is just as evil. We're going to discuss this and more with John Lott when we get back. I would love to hear from you. 888-344-1170. Be sure to follow
0: Andrea K. On Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E.
1: AK Dynamite and Address or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. A couple of comments from uh, President Trump today as he was announcing Operation Legend today. We want the American dream for every American child, and I will fight with every ounce of my strength. Opportunity cannot thrive where there is violence. He went on to say that security cannot exist where there are violent criminals allowed to maim and murder with impunity. Absolutely true. He also called the leaders of these crime ridden cities as deadly politicians. Wow. Uh, you know, listening to him today and watching this today reminded me of Trump back in 2016. And I think he needs to, I think he needs to do another operation. Uh, legend style press conference and and say that he's going to intervene federally with the the uh, passive aggra- a different form of violence being inflicted upon American citizens by these dictators with the coronavirus draconian shutdowns. But that's a topic for another segment. Right now, we're, we're going to stick with this one for now because I thought this was extraordinary today, and uh, I, I'm excited to have my next guest address this. But I, I want to before I bring him in, uh, I'm sure he knows the, this stat right here. Um, You're not you don't but you don't hear this. uh, This was uh, from General uh, Attorney General Barr today. Not any not anything you're hearing from the Black Lives Matter crowd. Uh, According to Attorney General Barr today, the leading cause of death of young black males is homicide and that on average annually, 7,500 young black males are killed compared to compare that to 19. I think it was 19 young black men killed by police officers in 2019. Um, so there's, there's the real issue that President Trump is trying to solve today, with, uh, among others, with Operation Legend. Uh, joining me now to discuss this, Operation Legend is the counter to Operation Anarchy, which includes defunding the police. And Dr. John Lott joins me now. He's author of Gun Control Myths. As well as other books I mean he's really uh, I've ta- I taught you guys At the open about uh, uh, Articles and things That I've I've used here On the show re- Regarding immigration crime He's written nine other books Books that include More Guns Less Crime uh, The Bias Against Guns The War on Guns And Gun Control mix, Myths As well as Freedom nomics. That's a tongue twister John Lott Welcome to the Andrea K. Show
0: Good to talk to you Thanks for having me on so um,
2: I know that you're not surprised to hear that number, 7,500, um, but I was kind of shocked to hear that number. That the leading cause of death uh, for young black men is not uh, not systemic racism in police officers, but it's black-on-black crimes with guns.
0: Right. Well, you know, uh, murders in the United States are very heavily concentrated in small areas. Uh, of the counties uh, account for over half the murders, so that's 60 of the 3,140 counties. And if you ever look at a murder map of those counties, uh, what you'll see is that about two-thirds of the murders in in that 2% of the counties occur within 10 block areas. So murders in the United States are very heavily concentrated, and overwhelmingly it's basically a drug gang problem. You have uh, drug gangs fighting against each other in order to control drug turf. When you have these drive-by shootings, uh, where you may have some, you know, you know, one-year-old or somebody else gets shot in the crossfire, it's it's drug gangs fighting against each other in order to control drug turf.
2: Well, let's talk about solutions then, because I've actually heard people say today, that Operation Legend is is not the solution um, because you, you know. It, um, it's one thing to send a federal force in, hundreds of agents they announced today. It's one thing to send them into an area like Portland, where you've got anarchy and you've got riots, where you've got, you know, these anarchists attacking and destroying federal buildings. It's a whole nother thing to deal with a community like Chicago, where there's gang on gang crimes or my old stomping grounds New Orleans, where in the projects it ain't it ain't gang related. It's just, you know, citizen against citizen in, in the projects down there that the, that that this isn't the solution. So what would be the solution? Because if you ask the mayor of Chicago, she says it's Trump's, it's Trump's fault, and what they need is more gun control.
0: Right. Well, you know, Chicago is pretty easy to explain what's going on there. And that is, uh, about two years ago, they had, um, the latest numbers we have, they had about 13% of murders in Chicago resulted in an arrest. Uh, nationwide, you're talking about over 60%. And, uh, you know, it's not too surprising if people commit murders and they very rarely get arrested. Uh, that's, you know, that's on average 13%. Gang-type murders, it's even much lower. I mean, I, we don't know exactly, but it'd be someplace in the, kind of the mid-single-digit range there uh, might result in arrest, and not all of those result in convictions. So people can go and commit murder in Chicago and have very little concern that they're going to end up being held accountable for it. there are lots of reasons for that. Uh, The main reason is that uh, you have a lot of politically correct rules that have been imposed on law enforcement in Chicago. I'll just give you one example. Uh, Rahm Emanuel made an agreement with the ACLU that uh, whenever a police officer talks to anybody, Uh, they're required to fill out two legal pages of uh, forms going through exactly what they talk to the person about. And the forms can take about an hour to fill out. So if a police officer talks to four people in the morning, uh, he basically or she has to spend their afternoon uh, filling out paperwork. And so, you know, people talk about defunding the police. Well, you know, if you take police off the street... That's, in some sense, just another way of, uh, of, you know, getting rid of policing services there. And, and there are lots of things that they've done. When, when uh, the second Richard Daly became mayor, uh, the arrest rate in Chicago was 67%. By the time he got done being mayor, it was down to 30%. When Rahm Emanuel uh, left the mayor's office, it was down to 20%. And it's continued falling. So, uh, uh, you know, so... You can go and have police in there. You can have federal law enforcement. Somebody has to go and actually go and solve these crimes. Well, that was one uh, of the they, things that, a,
2: excuse me for interrupting, that was one of the things that uh, Legend's mother, Legend Talaferro, I think it was the, the four-year-old, killed. And that's one of the comments she made today it was that uh, there's nobody investigating. There's nobody solving these crimes. There's nobody providing justice uh, to these communities. Sorry. And, um, you know, I, I, it's got to be more than just paperwork as an issue. Uh, there's a reason no, why they
0: things. they've closed down police bureaus in the high crime areas of the city. Uh, you know, the police will still solve the crimes there, but they're having to travel 45 minutes from other parts of the city in order to go and, and solve crimes in those areas, and that makes them a lot less effective. It means that they don't arrive quickly on the crime scenes when the crimes occurred. Makes it harder for them to solve it. I mean, there's like a dozen things I could go through and talk about, but the point is there are different types of political based decisions Mm -hmm. you know if you want to go and solve crimes you go and put the police where the crimes are Mm -hmm. and uh, you know um, if people want to see what defunding the police are like is going to be like then just go and see the cities which have ordered police to go and stand down Uh, and you know you have the thing is who's being hurt by this these areas where these riots are occurring are in heavily black areas. Many of these businesses are owned by blacks. The people who primarily have jobs in those areas are, are overwhelmingly black. And the people who shop at those stores are primarily black. And, you know, if you want to see what the long-term consequences of not dealing with these riots, when I mean, you've had uh, Portland's had almost 60 days now of riots, mm-hmm. um, Go look at Detroit. Back in the 1950s and 1960s, early 60s, Detroit was by far the wealthiest large city in the United States. You go through there now, it's just a shell of what it was. Mm -hmm. There's large areas of the city which are just open fields because the buildings that had been destroyed were never replaced.
2: And I don't yeah, think yeah. I don't I don't think Ferguson's ever been restored either, and that's not expected to be the case in Minneapolis, where over 100 businesses were destroyed. Let's talk about we're talking to John Lott, by the way, who's an expert in gun control, written nine books on it, one including gun control myths. So let's talk about the fact that what the left really wants here with Operation Anarchy, and we saw that play out in St. Louis. They they want to push defunding the police. They want to push that these terrorists, these these domestic terrorists, which is what these rioters are, uh, should be allowed to destroy roam the streets uh, like a bunch of Che Guevara's with their Marxist movement and uh, then you're you know you you the second amendment may be in effect you may be able to buy a gun you may be able to be even buy ammunition but you dare to stand out and try to protect your property and you're going to get in some you're going to get in some trouble i.e. the McCluskey so let's talk about gun control and the push to deny our second amendment rights as it plays out a part of all of this.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, elections have consequences, and people see that in St. Louis. Then there you have a district attorney who refuses to bring charges against any of the rioters. Uh, the police have only been arresting the most egregious cases, and there's not any of, the, any of the rioters that the district attorney there has been willing to file charges against. So they've all been released after the police have arrested them. And here you have a couple. Uh, who has obviously been watching, as others have, uh, the destruction over weeks in St. Louis. They live on a private street. These riders had no right to go and be on the street. Obviously, they would broken down the gate to this couple's home. Uh, they were in their yard. Uh, they have no right to go and be in somebody's yard there. And, uh, you know, the couple didn't fire weapons at people. They made it clear that, look... You guys are threatening us. You're yelling at us. You're saying that you're going to burn down our house. You're threatening to kill our dog. Uh, we're going to defend ourselves if it's necessary to go and do that. You know, apparently they had called the police. Uh, the police had indicated that they weren't going to be there. And uh, I'm not really sure what else people are expected to do. Here's the irony, and that is the same politicians who, as you say, wanted to fund the police or... Order the police to stand down are the same ones who want to go and say that people shouldn't be able to own guns for protection. And the question is, what do you want people to do? Uh, The people who benefit the most from owning guns are the ones who are most likely victims of violent crime. That overwhelmingly tends to be poor blacks who live in high crime urban areas. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in California or other states, You have all these different types of gun control laws that make it extremely expensive for the poorest people to be able to own guns. It's very racist. I went through the data for Los Angeles County on all the concealed carry permits that they had issued. They had issued like 214 as of a few years ago. And uh, you have, uh, well, about a third of permit holders nationwide. There are about 19 million permit holders nationwide nationwide. While about a third are women, only 7% of the permit holders in Los Angeles County were women. While about 14% of permit holders nationwide are black, only 6.5% of the permit holders in Los Angeles County were black. While Los Angeles County is like 54% Hispanic, only about 6% of the permit holders in Los Angeles County are, are Hispanic. Now, maybe women don't have crimes being committed against them in Los Angeles. Maybe blacks and Hispanics don't have crimes being committed against them. But the types of people that they would go and give concealed carry permits to in Los Angeles County tend to be very wealthy, very politically connected individuals. Mm -hmm. It's fine that those people are able to be protected. But here you have Democrats being in charge of who is allowed to be able to go and protect themselves. And despite all their claims that they care about poor people, that they care about minorities, that they care about women, who do they go and give the permits to? Who do they allow to be able to go and protect themselves? And they tend to be wealthy, white Males who are politically connected.
2: Well, on time, uh, yeah, but even then, though, it, it doesn't necessarily help you to have to, to have a permit and be able to have a gun. Then we've got gun free zones, you know, or we've got sure. you, you know that that doesn't help us either. Or, or you know, kids are kids are at schools, and now we've got the left pushing that uh, if after the coronavirus that we need to not have any safety officers at the schools, which is absolutely insane.
0: You know, it's uh, you. Well, they think that people are safer without police in general. I mean. I don't understand. I mean, it seems to me like it's a pretty simple formula. You make it more costly. You make it riskier for criminals to go and commit crime and they commit fewer crimes. Uh, You know, if you really believe the opposite, you know, just look to see what happens when you tell the police to stand down. I I I think think
2: the, I think the only thing that we can, we can conclude is that the left wants uh, the left uh, wants the bad guys to be able to roam around and terrorize us. They want this. They, they want us defenseless uh, in, in our homes, cowering uh, in, our, in our homes, scared of these terrorists that are roaming around and, and scared of a coronavirus. That's that's really what they want. And, it's, and ultimately, it's because it gives them power. There's no other explanation for why they're continuing to push gun control laws and leaving citizens like those in Chicago as sitting ducks to be slaughtered en masse like they are weekend after weekend after weekend. Final thoughts, John Lott.
0: Well, I mean, I think this election is largely going to determine whether or not people are allowed to own guns privately. Uh, The Supreme Court is deadlocked right now. They had 10 cases that they were considering to go and bring up. It's been a decade since they've done anything. You had four Republican nominees who wanted to go and bring the cases. Um, But you had John Roberts, who I guess they felt, from what I understand from talking to clerks, was going to vote the wrong way if they brought them up. And so in order to get anything passed, in order to, I mean, Trump has just been able to bring the circuit courts into rough balance. The Democrats control the circuit courts in 24 states, as well as the District of Columbia, which is considered the second most important court in the country. The Republicans control it for 26 states. And the states that the Democrats control the circuit courts are states like California, generally tend to be fairly democratic states are passing all sorts of crazy gun control laws, and the courts are accepting them. And in order to have any hope that you're going to be able to restrain that is going to be determined by the outcome of this coming election.
2: Uh, well, that's just um, uh, just another reason that we 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 can't sit back and think that it makes no difference whether or not we vote. And we also that needs this needs to be a call to action because with the way that the left is working through uh, mail order ballots and uh, ballot harvesting oh, yeah. and all the different ways in which they plan to stuff the ballot box, we cannot sit back and even even just we not only have to go out and vote, we got to make sure everybody that we know votes, and we got to get out there and register people to vote. We must get active. We must tell people exactly what John Lott just said, that our Second Amendment rights and our ability to defend ourselves and our home and our our lives is at stake with this election. And John Lott, I thank you for being here. I thank you for all the work that you've done uh, in terms of of crimes from immigration to your books on uh, guns. More guns, less crime is one of his books. The Biased Against Guns, Freedomnomics, The War on Guns and Gun Control Myths. Thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for having me on. People can find more at our website at crimeresearch.org. crimeresearch.org, Thank you.
2: Thank you. All right, stay tuned. we got more to talk about when we come back so you don't go away.
0: want more andrea k follow her on twitter at andrea k show and like her facebook fan page at andrea k spelled k-a-y-e
1: andrea k bringing the world a much-needed reality check you're listening to the andrea k show on the answer san diego
2: welcome back to tonight's andrea k show um just we'll do like a bit of news. We're gonna we're gonna hit round robin on a few different items here. Um, you know, yesterday, uh, President Trump at his coronavirus presser uh, pushed masks, not in a way of any kind of federal mandate, and a lot of conservatives were like, you know. W- w- First of all, there's no science behind it. You know, the whole mass debate. You know, Larry Elder was playing the quote from Fauci in March, in which he was on Good Day America, uh, Good Morning America, whatever it was, talking specifically about how masks don't help. You don't put them on healthy people. And he went on to say it just gives a false sense of security. The whole thing about masks. So many conservatives see it as a mind control device and just a tool for submission and all that. So there were conservatives that were disappointed that Trump, you know, went, you know, in support of the mass yesterday. But a good listener of ours, friend of the show, Robert Butcher, um, pointed out a good point. The left is going after Trump today for that. And I thought, and, and I, I, I can't find just now, I looked for the, the post that Robert put on my Facebook page, comments from some liberals about it. And so they're um, going
1: after him because he said that wearing a mask was a good idea. Well, he's
2: supporting the mask because and they're going after him because they're like, oh, well, hold up, Trump. Just because we said that masks now that you're supporting masks isn't a reason for kids to go back to school. That's not a reason for us to have to go back to, for us to have to vote in person. So it's in a way he called their bluff. It's like, oh, you're you're all for the mask and you want to push masks on people and you Michigan governor and you Gavin Newsom. You want to mandate people wear masks because you, you're convinced that it works then you have no excuse for kids to not be back in school. never thought about it like that. You have no, what's your excuse now? Well, the LA, LA Union School District put out their list of demands for reopening and none of it has anything to do with coronavirus. It's got to do with defunding police. It's got to do with Medicare for all. It's just a ruse. Trump called them out on it. How did I miss it? I love sometimes. that yeah, I never that I'm thought wrong. about
1: it like that till you just brought that up.
2: I didn't either because I'm so much about seeing the overall picture from the left. I still think that it, it is a mind control device. It is is it it is a way. It is a part of the way in which the left, um, by continuing to foment the falsehood that this is, it is a real virus. It is killing people. But but the num- it is not the catastrophe that it was led to believe. And let me tell you. Uh, The media Trump reiterated it again today. The median age of death is 78. Half of all those who've died died in nursing homes. You take out the nursing home deaths, which was even even as bad as that number is. Many of those those deaths could have been prevented. You take those deaths out. And what we really have for most of the population is a bad flu season. And you don't tank an entire United States economy for the bad flu season. So Trump is saying you want masks, fine, wear masks, but reopen the dang country. There's no excuse for any business right now to be shut down. Somebody tweeted out today, a friend of mine, said you lost me on the mask debate when when you released prisoners and rapists and murderers out of prison when you could have put a mask on them.
1: Wow, he might be my hero of the week just for this. Like, I, I'm blown away that I never thought about this.
2: I didn't think about it either because I, I'm so macro-focused. I can see the big picture. I'm always asking the second and the third level questions of where this is going down the road. I'm always looking for the for the end game to try to prevent against that. You know, um, I, I still think that he could have gotten out ahead of it when they were f- first pushing masks across the country. He could have gotten out in front of it, bring in, he need and he still can bring in other experts, I think, instead of just... Us keeping Burks and, and, and Fauci going to be out. a slower
1: burn though, right? He
2: needs, yeah, he, he needs to he needs to bring in some other experts from around the country that are epidemiologists and and doctors on the on the front lines. Um, Doctor Fauci, yeah, well, right. Um, so I I do think that he could have prevented this from getting out of hand where we're at with the mask and the six foot distancing. Um, however, at this point, I think it was well played because they don't have any excuse at this point. And you, and one of the ways that you can know that all of this is such crap being used. Control. You look at the way the dueling East Coast West Coast. It's like Tupac and Biggie competing against each other again. Remember? Do you remember that you're not into old school rap, but you know that East Coast I, West I, Coast I, Tupac but, but and Biggie. But I
1: know the competition. Yeah,
2: right. It's like Tupac and Biggie right now. Uh, the East Coast West Coast governors fighting for control. One of the things Gavin Newsom did when the phony spike came about after July 4th is he says we got to shut down bars. We can't have you. You can have a, you can have a cocktail, but it's got to be with a meal. You you and and, and and you gotta be sitting down, right? Which is like insane. It just goes to show the the lengths of which they're trying to control. Get get where it's gone to now, DJ Potato Skins. Now it's about him defining what a meal is. It's not just enough now. The original thing was, well, we can't have people drinking on an empty stomach.
1: Gotta have a certain amount of food. You got have be right. kind of
2: food. Because if you drink, you're gonna lose your inhibitions and you're not gonna be social distancing. So we gotta make sure you eat. Now they're defining what a meal is, and it can't be an appetizer. And it can't be soup and salads. Have you never had a soup and salad at dinner?
1: I usually always have a soup and salad at dinner.
2: So now, I mean, this is the... How many times do I have to say that liberalism is where liberty goes to die? This has nothing to do with any public health care crisis. The crisis we have is one of Marxism and communism that is being... forced upon citizens in this country under the phony guise of a health care crisis. And what Trump did today with his Operation Legend, where he said, it is my responsibility as the executive to use the federal government to protect the constitutional rights of its citizens. He must do the same thing as it relates to these dictators destroying us, the violence that's being inflicted upon us economically in this country. The cost to the citizens economically, but psychologically the suicides, mentally, and Andrew, even, and even from a just health a standpoint, a slow boil. Well, and and it's and the medical destruction. The, we still have 1.4 million healthcare professionals that were put out of work. Trump needs to get involved, and that's how he will ensure his reelection. By the way. We're gonna take a break. We come back. We're gonna talk a little pop culture. We're gonna get into a little bit of some sports, as well as are you worried about what your kids might see with pornography? Well, we've got a we've got a former big politico with an idea for you guys. Stay tuned.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at
1: Andrea K. Kay.
0: Spelled K-A-Y-E.
1: News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. There was a big announcement today about a vaccine, a vaccine uh, possibly available at the end of the year, some big deal done with Pfizer. Remember when the left, I'm old enough to remember when the left hated big pharma. Now they're all about wanting to get us vaccinated. Well, let me tell you something. One of the things that President Trump reiterated again today, average age 78, 90-something percent, with comorbidities. We already, have, we already have our vaccination. It's called our immune system that's built in. Okay? If, if you're at an average age, the average American, you, you boost your immune system and you're going to fight it off. And, and, and I agree with Fauci who said, we're, I don't think we're going to eradicate this. You know why? Because we haven't eradicated the flu either because it's, it's a virus. They just take on different strains. That's why there's no flu vaccination. There's no flu vaccine. It's a flu shot every year. Again, it's based upon last year's strain. They tell you to go ahead and get it, even though the reality is, is it, you know, it doesn't necessarily match the current strain going around. Let me tell you what I do. My own vaccination plan is to, is to make sure I get enough sleep. I exercise. I try to eat right and I take my balance in nature. I get 10 servings of 31 fruits and vegetables a day. I haven't had a cold or sinus infection in the six months I've been taking it. You know, there you have it. I'm not saying you'll never get a cold if you take Balance in Nature or get the COVID, but boost your immune system. Nobody's talking about it. For me, I use Balance in Nature. I recommend it. Go to com. Free shipping right now. Thirty five percent off on all preferred orders. Free health coaches available to help you. But you know, there you have it. Anyway, but there's other news on Fauci today, isn't there, DJ Potato Skins?
1: You know it. You know with. Uh youth springing eternal and baseball on the horizon it really did my heart good no not really to know <laughs> that the first pitch this year in major league baseball on the east coast will be thrown out by none other than good old dr fauci who was talked about on jimmy fallon in a very lighthearted way
0: podium <laughs> Uh, But while Trump is holding coronavirus briefings, Dr. Fauci will spend the week preparing for his next big public appearance. The Washington Nationals have just announced that Dr. Anthony Fauci, a great Nats fan, will throw out the ceremonial first pitch on opening day this Thursday against the New York Yankees.
1: First of all, not to be a downer, CNN, but I'm not sure Dr. Fauci throwing out a first pitch qualifies as breaking news. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dr. Fauci will throw out the first pitch on Thursday. Fauci is a small man, so he's going to wear one of those uh, tiny helmets they serve ice cream in. Gold.
2: That was actually funny. I needed a laugh today. But on a serious tip, I I had to bust Brett Bear today because he tweeted out about Fauci doing that. Here here's this man supposedly. Oh you know. Uh, oh my gosh. You know how can how can we're not allowed to go out and eat in restaurants and nobody can go to a funeral and you know this is like the worst things ever happened to this country and how you know how can Trump go play golf? Trump's not allowed to go play golf because of this public health care crisis. But everybody's fanboying over Fauci throwing out a pitch. We're supposed to take this guy seriously, uh, and and we're supposed to be scared, cowering in our homes. No, but Trump he, called him
1: an alarmist. I spot on.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there, uh, there's many people that are saying today, uh, based upon Fauci throwing out the first pitch, and then baseball saying uh, different different leagues out there um, saying that if they got players who kneel, they're going to support them on that. We got the NFL today announcing that players are going to be able to wear decals on their helmets so, uh, with names of those who've died from racial injustice. I think a lot of Americans are like, you know, I'm done with with sports. I
1: don't done. want politics in any sport. I want to go there to relax and unwind.
2: Yeah, because I'm also old enough to remember when the NFL would not allow any players to wear the names of the Dallas police officers killed by Black Lives Matter. I am officially done. I was never a baseball fan. I am officially done. Hey, you Padres, I'm not interested in your cutouts, you Padres organization, and sticking them in the stands. I'm not interested in any of that. You want any support from me it, for, for your program? You will you will tell your Padres players you're not gonna take a an knee. And you will not you will not join in any of this nonsense. That's uh, I I'm to a Dodgers fan. I
1: hope none of them take a kneel. Yeah. I'll be very upset.
2: All right, I promised you a Taco Tuesday. Yes, Taco Wednesdays. Today's we Taco to Wednesday. Story. Okay. So uh, in the, in the you know, that we had Aunt Jemima taken down. Um, I think there was another food product. I mean, it, the left is going crazy looking for every way that they can find some injustice everywhere and with the cancel culture.
1: Don't mess with my tacos, Andrea. They
2: went after Goya Foods. Well, I don't know if you get any of your taco products from Trader Joe's. Do you shop at Trader Joe's? I
1: do, but not for taco products, so okay. I'm safe. But I'm interested in the story.
2: Well, they have lots of international product lines. And I guess some teen... I, since he's not being taught anything in school but social justice nonsense, he decided to get a petition done for Trader Joe's to remove some of its international food lines. And I got to tell you, some of them made me laugh. So, so,
1: Can't get through it.
2: Okay, the names Trader Mings, Arabian Joe's, Trader Jose's. Trader Giotto's, that's the Italian food line. And then the last one was tra- Trader Joe's son. That's the, wow. That's the Japanese.
1: Really got the research department behind Trader Joe's coming up with these.
2: <laughs> so Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's has said that, okay, maybe, maybe... Their food lines really weren't the best names. Come on, it's clever. I think it's hilarious. I think it's clever. What's wrong with okay? You're going to be. What's wrong with Trader Joe's is a is a use of a word, right? Correct. So Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you then do a riff for different types of ethnic foods off of the word Joe? What's wrong with that? I,
1: I think it's funny, and I think you know <laughs> if you're going to include my ethnicity, I'm proud of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to use some version of Andrea. And, uh, Trader Andreas please. or whatever. Love you all. We'll be back tomorrow night. <laughs>